<laughs> so this question, I'm sorry, is actually for Jake and Brad. Fuck. At what, ah. <laughs> at what point in this story did you realize that this uh, was essentially all about Sigourm? <laughs> <laughs> when he was the only original character left. <laughs> realization when Will died that things were going to take more narrative responsibility on, on, on my part and Sigourm's role was going to be more thrust forward just like narratively because we had so many uh, plot lines going that revolved around details that he was there for and that he was continuing on with so that momentum was in place, and it's just kind of a thing you gotta you gotta keep going. Everything changed drastically during the Alaskan arc, and I that I I would throw my dart at that. It, it was never the same after Alaska. That's true, because like certain characters left, certain characters you know certain uh, actors' voices left. Yeah, you know, so like. Minui leaves the story for a time at that point because of what happens. Nick leaves the story, you know, because of life stuff. So that leaves two original characters at that point. You know, as somebody who is a little bit on the outside of this, I, you know, obviously was not completely on the outside, but I only actually was here for a couple, you know, a handful of recording sessions. So a lot of this I'm hearing after Brad edits and send it to me. And very early on, I would have guessed that Adam would have been the main story driver. Just a guess, because you tend to be much more of the, the gung-ho, jump in there and do something kind of kind of player. Uh, so I'd have been like, well, a lot of times that person becomes the person driving the story. And I think I even realized it uh, almost immediately with um, the first time you met Old Bones. And I don't mean that from necessarily an intentional standpoint. Some of these, these things happen kind of by accident, which kind of going to be my question to everybody here is, how much of that was by accident? How much did you have to adapt to those sort of things i don't think a lot there was just a lot of themes to be developed in the story that jake was also co-developing in his character so i don't think i designed a lot of it now i designed certain things to try to do for everybody obviously i had less time with certain characters and actors you know like obviously i had adam had the longest story because i had had a lot of that shit like with um the guy who ate your face. Um. <laughs> Salabang? Yeah, Salabang. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, that's my trademark is the long, slow burn. Mm -hmm. I had that developed since, you know, before I had all, a lot of the Mountain Tail developed. I'm like, yeah, he's got a, a face hugger or whatever in his brain. Um. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was doomed before I ever came hey, to the Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. So, <laughs> you know, that that's... In a way, you can be like, yeah, that was the longest story, but then that played out how it did, which only leaves Sigourm as an original character at that point. Um, it's just that Sigourm, like, 
Sigorum's theme is like his oracle stuff is dealing with the dead. Well, that's a major fucking component of the Mountain Tale. Which I didn't know about prior, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. So I, uh, I wrote a lot of stuff individually for people, but it was not ever meant to just be one person's story. I also, you know, because you mentioned that um, Sigourm was the only original character mm-hmm. left, and that really does make a huge difference, especially because then you're the only person who knows all of these big talking points. You're the only person who has the original mission in mind versus these other people who end up joining in and being added in, you know? And so, yeah, you can translate that, but Sigorum was never a character to just translate and pass that mantle. Sigorum was the kind of character who would shoulder that burden. You know, because we'll go back to Alaska. Well, we're talking about Sigorum being the, the lone survivor. That battle goes differently. It is now Minui as the lone survivor for the rest of that story. I mean, assuming she doesn't die. But like, because right. if, if Alaska goes differently, Sigorum doesn't make it out alive. Will doesn't make it out alive. Do might. But then, you know, he dies an episode later or two because Link has to leave. So mm-hmm. at that point, the only original character left right mm-hmm. is Minui because the only the only way out I had for a character was for Nick's character because um, Arwen was going to rescue him or possibly rescue one of those two and leave Sir Dude to die because he's not actually Artitrax right so it could have been that's that's for me the biggest shift was Alaska well and then also you know we had the when we had the TPK um, or the almost TPK with the dragon. <laughs> you know, when that happened, that had me worried because I was the, I, at that point, <laughs> I was the survivor. And so that easily could have just, that's another thing that in, if if not for yours, for um, Sigourim's death saving throws, that would have left my character to have to take up this mantle and all of that. And, and Jake, talk about some of the things we talked about after that, whereas if Sigourm didn't make those death throws, what was the plan? Well, the the fact that we decided to do the death saves, I think we got fortunate on that by not just narratively getting swept up in the momentum of the fight and overlooking it entirely because, man, we would have missed some good plot there with like the nature of Envy as a dragon and Envy itself. But had I failed, Sigorm was going to use his last words to swear the oath, his dying moment. Sometime later, he would have rose as a revenant. Nice. Very nice. If that revenant version of him had survived long enough to fulfill the oath, he would have then dropped dead, and his spirit, his soul would have been free, and he would have left with all the other crusaders. That's cool. It's really cool. Can you go back and redo it all now? Only <laughs> <laughs> well, if you edit all of it. <laughs> so going back to like Old Bones fight establishing yeah, Sigorum as like a, a driver of the story, I think every party, regardless, someone's going to take the leadership charge. And I think whenever the fight with Old Bones ended and we're talking about looting the body and stuff, and it kind of hits that point where Sigorum takes the hard stance on things and it's clear that it's like, Okay, if he, if he says that something's going to happen, it's already kind of established now in the party. 
that's the way we're gonna we're gonna lean because no one's gonna challenge that like grizzled experience and and strength that he you know kind of promotes. It, it, so I think from that point forward to to yeah. Rich's point, like from there, it always set a precedent of well, if Sigorum's like, hey, this I'm gonna do this and this is what's gonna happen, everyone's gonna kind of follow suit. I really enjoyed it uh, from listening to it, just simply because the way that transpired to my ear was, you know, Sor- Sigorum wasn't a bully. Sigorum wasn't like, if you touch the shit, I'm killing you. He yeah. didn't say, he didn't really make threats. He didn't come in with some sort of bombastic method of doing it. There was just this almost immediate level of respect that uh, suddenly all these characters who had literally just met had for this character. And I know some of that's party dynamic and the way that happened, but that materialized so quickly that that's what I said. That's the point where I'm like, oh, okay, because you know you didn't have to have a heavy hand. It was a no, and you were just saying this is wrong. We shouldn't do it. Not, you know, something dramatic or melodramatic. And everybody else just kind of they had to check themselves because they're like, if Sigorum says no, there's a reason. Not he's being an asshole. There's there's a reason. Like so that immediate respect was just really cool to see develop so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I kind of think that like. um of all of the different characters that were present in the beginning, I think that Sigorum's character was the most of a traditional hero type, kind of. Like, you had the hard morals where other people didn't necessarily. And, like, yes, you were the unwilling hero, but that's such a, like, it's a trope. And that's things that people want to see. And I think um, because of those things, it kind of just pushed you into the leadership role, which for, worked out. For me, Sigorum was trapped, but he was never lost. And that, that is a difference. Mm-hmm. Well said. All right, let's move on to Adam. I got a question for you. So pass, you have the... M- <laughs> <laughs> Dare. Um, All those drug do references. Do you want me to do rich? <laughs> uh, so you have the most character deaths. <laughs> I, I did indeed uh, get that trophy. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about why you chose each new character and how you handled each death. Uh, because honestly, like, I thought you handled them all really well. Uh, you know, having been at campaigns against where sometimes people wouldn't handle it well, you, know, you you always used it as an opportunity to do something fun new while still having fun with the death itself. So you know, I'd, I'd love to hear a little about your thought process of what would happen there. Uh, first off, I'll say this: Brad never killed me in a way that felt cheap, or I didn't feel like I had involvement in, or like we hadn't discussed what I was and was not okay with as far as what he, what he could do in like a story setting. So like, I never felt like he cheap shot at me or something happened that I was like, oh, that's bullshit or anything like that. Always felt good about it. Um, as far as with with Will's death, uh, I mean, again, like that was like the culmination of a huge story. I mean, it, it sucked for him to die, but it felt it felt good that that uh, you know we got everything out there that we wanted to, and he, he played his arc. Um, and there was a certain amount of it made sense him not surviving everything, um, you know, that he didn't get the redemption or or did, but then immediately fell afterwards. Um, next was never meant to be a full length character. Uh, we had kind of set up that because of story stuff happening, Will was going to like psychologically set out, and a back character I had kind of I don't know came up with on the side just really happened to work with what we were going to do next with going to the Plains of Iron. And so I was like, yeah, well, I'll use him for a couple of episodes while I give Will time to, like, get things right in his head. And then when Will shortly died thereafter, it was like, <laughs> well, I've already got this established character. Let's run with him. Um, 
And then, of course, in the MV fight, we didn't exactly have a good <laughs> good showing the first round. And again, like, if you have a character die against an ancient dragon, like, it, it feels pretty good. It's hard to come out of that without casualties. Yeah, yeah, that's... And, like, he died, like, trying to save people and, like, to a degree, helping get certain things out of there. So I, I felt good. Um, I'm there, and, you know, it's... And I, I wasn't 100% sure what I was going to do with him in the long run anyway, so it kind of worked itself out for me. <laughs> Uh, and then from there, it was just like, hey, you know, it'd be really great to have like a high magic character that gave us a lot of options. And then the thought process was like, well, how does this work into this story? Like, where does this, it's either someone new to the mountain or like they find somewhere new. And then that's what came up with the like, well, what if he's been like holed up in Tart's <laughs> thing the entire time? Just here's a guy who's like a super bookworm that's just extreme out of touch with things that come out and is like, What's been going on, everybody? <laughs> uh, and that was just fun to kind of explore this guy who was uber powerful, but also had a sense of like childlike, just didn't get things. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you guys ever. I've never seen that. Like, that's why I loved it so much. It was like I've never like because we all listen to a lot of media about D and D and RPGs and whatnot. But like, who's ever just been like, yeah, I just wasn't paying attention <laughs> <laughs> to introduce a new character. I, What's your backstory? I've been here the whole time. I was here the whole time. <laughs> to this day, one of my favorite episodes is whenever uh, mine and Tara's new characters got introduced in oh. that episode. Yes. To me, it was it was because there's there was nothing really planned there, so it was all just us reacting to each other's new characters. And and here you have like Tame, who's like coming back and is like, I lost my party again. And everything else, and Sigourney is down in the dumps. And you have these two like very characters, just like polar opposite outlooks on things one that's just like has a certain sense of i don't know like weird positivity <laughs> and the other one who's just extreme out of touch and is like it's not that they don't care it's just the same way when you hear about like some celebrity you don't know dying you're like oh sad for them <laughs> but it doesn't yeah. affect me and yeah. i don't yeah. know yeah. Like, i don't feel anything Ashley's about it in the corner with a cigarette and a shaky hand like i really was <laughs> i really was like okay i need a fucking cigarette after that episode how do i carry this squad and then these two goofballs show up and it's well, then you have Crocom and his, they die. <laughs> and then to finish that up in with then Sigorum like walking up as like a semi-scorched, almost corpse is just, I don't know why. I, didn't, I wasn't planning for that to be maybe the funniest episode. It just was. It was beautiful. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have planned it better, honestly. Some of our, like 90% of our best moments just happened. Yeah, happened. Like, how yeah. how do you how do you fit? How do you like plan after the TPK? Right, right. Like, I I can't script. Like, okay, guys, here's how we're gonna make it good. I'm just like, I don't know. Here's your new characters. Figure it out. Fuck, I gotta do rewrites. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, because after that happened, I remember like because we were talking about it and we were like, how did you, how did you expect that to go? Because I mean, obviously there are the expectations of how we're like, oh well, things are gonna go either like this or this. And Brad was like, I don't know. I thought you guys would be smart enough to get the fuck out. <laughs> Wrong. And I, I know you guys go into it like, okay, what was Bradley wanting us to do to solve the puzzle? I don't write answers to that shit. I just make the puzzle. I learned a long time ago, present them with something. Don't waste time solving it for them. And we're just not going to talk about the hallway. <laughs> oh, God, the hallway. Talk about overthinking shit. That was I, I made a third grade puzzle because I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, okay, but not only not like only did we like completely fuck up the hallway, 
But then immediately after the hallway, we went into the like tree with the fucking riddles, and we we blew that out of the water. Yeah, that was. I was <laughs> I was flabbergasted because y'all motherfuckers couldn't solve a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, here's the thing: we absolutely did solve the mirror. We're like, no, we're not a bunch of like mer hobo just crush and break everything's like. We're like, that's not how that works. Yeah, then I'm like, the time, ice, riddles, the river. And y'all are like, oh, yeah, it's a spoon. I'm like, oh, <laughs> how the fuck do y'all know that? They're like, because we found the same list you Googled. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, I think we just had just the right amount to drink that day. When we <laughs> I am not good at riddles. That was not me. You guys, that was all I, you guys. I, it was nice because, like, Ashley and Adam had a moment to, like, really just, like, step up and be like, oh, it's our time. And Jake's like, cool, I can take this episode off. Jake's Jake and um I think Nick was Nick got still one. There. Yeah, Nick was still Nick there. Got one. Nick was- Jake got none. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that episode. It was pretty cool. I wish that character had lived. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think about him every couple weeks, to be honest. <laughs> he, I really do. He had been cool at the wall. Yeah. Oh yeah. How many other characters do you get sad over the fact that like they're gone? Most of them. Yeah. Well, I, I'm invested, you know, like... And you spend a lot of time on them. Yeah, you, know, you guys spent a lot of time on your characters. And I, I wouldn't say I've spent as much time on the NPCs, but I spent time on those on those NPCs. And you have to have a backstory for each. Who surprised you on the NPCs? Who ended up becoming more of an NPC along the way? And who... Crocom. Crocom. Anybody that oh, became yes. less? <laughs> uh, the, uh, that guy. Um, <laughs> the... Festiles uh, uh, or whatever his name was. The... Uh, <laughs> The fucking orc that had glasses that was kind of like... Oh, kill, the, uh, not kill the one we can never remember. Yeah, <laughs> we, can't, we can't remember, well, but he I, was like smart, wasn't I, he? Yeah. He was a smart it, orc. You guys were like, oh yeah, we should have like equal representation. I was like, that's really cool. I don't have anyone ready. There's a guy with glasses. He does the logistics or whatever. <laughs> There's a guy with glasses? <laughs> I was like, fuck, I need a orc that's like somewhat friendly to Sigorum. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, fuck, he's all fucked up in his face. Uh, what's a good orc name? Crocum, yeah. My face is fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just became so important to everybody. Because, because, like, Sigourm needed a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, all of his other friends kept dying. (laughs) Hey, uh, I'm gonna move over to Tara. So your experience was a little different than everybody else's. Uh, and the fact that you weren't here from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So when Nick unfortunately had to, to bow out for a while, and that happened fairly sudden, uh, you know, then you stepped in rather quickly and seamlessly, I might add. But I'd love to hear a little about you know, what was that experience like for you, because you didn't get time to develop to that point, And suddenly you're kind of thrust into the middle of this. And I know you're not uh, the most experienced gamer in the world. So you're kind of also learning a little bit of the system mm-hmm. um, while kind of understanding how we do things, because the, the podcasting is a little different than a normal table. How did you manage all of that? stuff at once coming into this i had zero pathfinder knowledge like it was just i'd heard jake talk about the podcast i'd listened to some of the episodes and then it was like one day he was like hey like we need somebody to fill in can you do this and i was like yeah of course like sure and so i had like i think it was three weeks to learn the system and make a character. And like we did, um, I I had been on mic once before that because I did some backstory stuff for Will's character. Um, And so I had met like Will and Brad once. (laughs) Will and Brad. That's really weird. Sorry. It says it should be, I did my job. (laughs) I met Adam and Brad 
<laughs> Brad doesn't have a name on, on Mike besides Brad, so he's just, yeah. you know, Brad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what did I say I'm hard to forget? <laughs> <laughs> but I had met those two, you know, once before coming in here. And so we did a practice session and um, it went really well, I thought. Um, and it kind of gave me like a feel for everything. And then from there, it was just like, just throwing me in, which it ended up working really well. I think I kind of, I, I jived well with like the whole group and like personality wise, it kind of, you know, worked out. And um, Jake was really great. He was always there to like help me out with rules and stuff if I ever like had questions. And so um, I think mostly it just worked out because of the types of people that are on this podcast. Um, because we have some similarities and, you know, they all knew that I was coming into this as a newbie and as, um, you know, just kind of off the cuff. And so just just like the environment was really good. I, I, I will say that, like, there are many times our podcast has gotten just lucky on a bunch of shit. But like Nick's job was kind of like this bubbly newbie who was the energy happy guy, which is Nick. By <laughs> which the way. is Nick. Yeah. Nick. Um, and like we lost that. So I'm like fuck that's the role like i don't have room for another grizzled veteran i don't have room for another smart ass um, <laughs> why did you look at him when you said that I, yeah. I, it could be either one like i need i need someone that's like kind of nick's role which is to be that happy bubbly like don't worry it'll work out and the rest of us are like confidence it never works out man be quiet and play with your crown yeah so like tara walks in she's I don't like think Hi. We're that bad and like tara's lottie it's the same fucking person it is but like that was what we needed that, yeah and, but i'd rather be lucky than good any day well and it was <laughs> it was kind of just luck too because like they gave me 100 percent free reign with my character like i I was not asked to play a certain role. I was not asked to play a certain um, type of character, nothing. I just picked what I wanted. And I kind of went with Lada because it was, it was comfortable. She is sort of like me <laughs> as a person. And so I figured that was something I could do well enough while also learning a system and doing something new. And so it just kind of worked out that way. And, and Lottie comes in at the one of the darkest times in the story. Yeah. Like, it's a real shot in the arm. Because, like, Minui that story played out she's gone um do because nick's absence do dies you know the magic's gone so like will and sigorum are just staring at each other like okay we've got this new elf i don't trust anyone anymore all people are enemies <laughs> and then there's was like and i have a slight headache i don't know why yeah 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 <laughs> so like this it's a tumor it's a tumor. this happy halfling shows up and it it helps you know, it reminds them that, like, it's not all bad. Well, and even um, your second tier, your, I can't talk. I almost said second character. <laughs> yes. Trademarked now. I would like that term. But um, your second character, Kai. I mean, not Kai. Zai. Are you okay today, Ashley? Listen, I think I'm <laughs> dead inside today. I don't know what happened. Today? Always, but... <laughs> Listen. Sundays. It's Sunday. Just let me be. I, I found her wandering the streets downtown and getting her out of here. Yeah. Like, did you just not leave Martha's? <laughs> no, no, hey, we're no. About to, we're about to hit on the mic. You, uh, you ready? You need a ride? <laughs> Here, this alley's not safe. Let's get you guys. Let's, <laughs> let's get you somewhere get you, warm. Let's get you away from that possum. <laughs> 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 you didn't even know about that damn possum. He was cute. 
Here's your magic powder to get you ready for screen. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Um but Zai, even Zai was such a fun, lovable character. Like it was in a different way than Lottie was, because Lottie was just like overly positive. Zai was just a little stupid, but I loved that. Yeah. I loved the little like childlike innocence. <laughs> They were both and rage that I had. Genuinely fun. Yes. They wanted to have a good time. They wanted things to be fun. It was yeah. definitely a much more lighthearted outlook on life compared to so many other characters of the podcast at the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know Brad and I have had this discussion because something that's always nice is, you know, Brad and I have been doing this for a long time. We got people like Sean, whom we love, have been doing this for a long time. Sometimes it's hard for us to muster that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a kind of a, a over time. You know, because we've unfortunately had a lot of bad gaming experiences over the year. And sometimes it's even just because we have kind of developed the skill set that we don't make those mistakes anymore. And unfortunately, some of the mistakes are the funnest part. So it's hard to muster that up. Then there's somebody like Tara comes along or even Ashley. And honestly, you know, even Jake and Adam aren't, you know, old pros. You guys haven't been playing since the 80s. Um, (laughs) You know, this new energy that comes on Nick is, in my mind, one of the best examples of that. This, this new blood that comes in who's super excited and that gives us a boost because we remember that excitement and that's what gaming is all about. So even some of us old Kermit Grudgeons at times, like we little, live a little bit vicariously through you guys <laughs> to help muster that up. I, I, uh, yeah, because old school, every time Nick pulls a rope out, we're like, God damn it, Nick. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, I'm going to swing this rope till I die. <laughs> and I, I respect the hell out of him. <laughs> like, he would rather let some of you die but he's gonna he's gonna play his character his way. I respect that. It's hard to accept. <laughs> the amount of times you were like, "Do you have a role for that?" And he was like, "Yeah, I can roll. What do you want me to roll?" <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, he's like, "I want to do this. It's your job to figure it out." I'm like, "You're right. Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this for for me and Jake because yeah, we had fairly grizzled, you know baggage backstory characters we started but we also just came off a campaign that was like (laughs) if you don't come at it with everything and think about what you're gonna do before you do it you die like in that campaign brad's characters died a lot a lot like he was the me of that campaign (laughs) yeah you guys definitely had more experience and you know i wonder some of that grizzled aspect to your characters how much that really did stem uh, you know, from it's almost a continuation to a certain degree, even though you're making new characters, and it's a very natural progression. Like so, I know Brad and I can probably talk at length about having watched people go through so many of the similar progressions as they become gamers and and move down the line. It, it's fun to watch, actually. I, it's it's hard. You can't reproduce bubbly. You like <laughs> it's either you, that person's either that or not. I can't fake it. Yeah, I, I mean uh, the, the the Reggie bits are very fun. <laughs> They're very fun for me, and I want to do more stuff like that. And m- maybe that's my next character. But, but that that's a character, <laughs> right? But like even like the, the the moments where I tried to be a little peppy or like lighthearted or bubbly, it, it is it feels fake. So I think it shows a bit, you yeah. know. And I'm definitely guilty of like the continuation of a grizzled veteran type. That that was a deliberate choice I made. But I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with being like I have a type of character I like to play. Like, period. Well, like you guys played 
to your strengths for the story. Yes. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's what we wanted for the podcast. Right. A drug addict yeah, smart ass. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, for, for anyone that doesn't know, the uh, campaign we did before the Mountain Tale was off-mic campaign of the Curse of Strahd, and I played a half-orc named Corin. Oh. And that is the <laughs> son of Sigorum. So I literally kind of continued that story and those characters, and we sat down with Brad and fleshed out like the history, and then um, what would that look like in, in Rich's world and the the, uh, the setting that we were gonna like I guess transpose it to, and just continued on. It's funny because Corin in Curse of Strahd is this grizzled like half orc who goes off and gets trapped in this place and has to deal with some bullshit, <laughs> and then. Sigorm is the exact same thing. Gets trapped in this debut plane and has to go off deal with some bullshit to get out of it. Like Father Lex We got some good practice. The, the <laughs> thing we accidentally did right, I think, was in the mountain tale, it was very clear early that the party wanted to get out, except for Sigorm never really stated that he was trying to wholeheartedly get out. That was never really his agenda. But he, he found an agenda and a purpose while he was there. I mean, Sigorum never stated that he himself wanted to get out, but he did state um, during that portion, I think, of things, like, I want to free the souls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah sure. Like, I'm not here for you. Like, you weren't there for... The rest of us were all like, nah, we're trying to get the fuck out. We're being selfish. Whereas you were like, no, I have a duty. So, I have a job to do. Yeah. Well, and what you're, I, I, I almost mansplained, but yeah, like, <laughs> I, 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 I agree. Like, because everyone else wanted to get out, Sigorm wanted to get everyone else out, and there is a difference. And that's what makes him the hero. Exactly. It, it, even as, even if it's the unrelenting and mm-hmm. unwilling hero. But you yeah. don't think necessarily everybody had like that was more selfishly wanted to get out. Like it wasn't just like I want to get back to my life because you know things were going so great. It was. Uh, Minui had her, like, the person who raised her, who was in, like, a violent, possibly about to die situation. Will was worried his family was going to be, like, fucked with by the mob. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think we all had reasons to. Yeah, the mob was a really (laughs) big part of this story. That that is an NPC that we never tied up. What, Mr. Yellow or? uh, Renee Doppler. Renee Doppler. Oh, Mm -hmm. shit. Um. (laughs) (laughs) One more scene. Here's the. I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, you don't always find out all the loose. I mean, there's. That's the thing. There are stories that you you hear about, and you don't always get conclusions. That's the next campaign. Well, (laughs) and and based off the way the story is, the the family is still operating. Yeah, I don't think we ever really tied up the The, family either. Something was said by. Fuck, that little halfling fucker that betrayed us. Will? Oh, Had mentioned something about, like, that wasn't his orders, and, like, she was, like, she was going to be fine. This isn't the first time she's been in a spot. It was alluded to that, like, she was going to change things around without anybody's help. She was old school badass. Well, it, it's actually her idea that Minui goes. <laughs> Why was that? Well, Minui at that point had been, like, trained and taught everything by the family and I think just had the most guts. Well, and Minui is the logical step to go to the mountain for the family and be their expert. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, there's a minute where like Renee Doppler's like, yeah, I'm I'm the old guard and this is a new young person who's got the juice 
uh, who might be a problem. I can outthink the other guy, you know, your rival. Oh, yeah. She's like, this will eventually, you know, I like this kid a lot, but this is my replacement and I see it coming. Right. Whoever comes to you with the meeting is the traitor. Yeah. Remember that. So it's actually <laughs> Doppler's idea that you get betrayed and get the scroll. But she also wants to hedge her bets and make it look like it's not. <laughs> As you do. Well, and also, like, I mean, Minui, whenever she gets in that office and starts talking to Talkit about it, I mean, there's just a comfortability. There's yeah. just a switch. Well, and Talkit is 100% on the level with, with you. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to go to Earth and spend all this ill-gotten gains I've got. You know, I'm just a midget on Earth, but I'm a rich midget. <laughs> Yard little person, sorry. Excuse me. Um, but, like, he's like, I can... My, I know what the kind of place Earth is, and I have a lot of money. It'll be great for me. I want to retire, and it's logical you take over because you know all the stuff. And I, and I mean, one of my expertise was literally just um, understanding the magic items yeah. and yeah. looking into those. You're, you're young. Minui's got the juice. You know, it, it's logical. All right, I'm going to reverse a question because it sounds like I should be asking Jake this question, but I actually want to ask everybody else this question. Because to my ear, Jake is probably the method actor of the group. You know, you when when he is, he's doing Sigorum, it feels less like you're playing Sigorum and feels more like you are Sigorum at times. That's why I thought it's funny when when Tara accidentally called Adam Will. I'm like, <laughs> the, the easy one to forget for me is you know Jake, and I know who it is, but you slip into that role so well. So I'm actually going to ask everybody else, what is that like for you guys when you're sitting here recording? Because I know there's times when I'm listening to her, I'm just sitting there mesmerized. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to edit. Uh, you know, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I, I can't just listen here and be soothed by, by Sigorum and, you know, his, his new epic speech. All I'll say is I knew who I cast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's kind of the deal whenever you watch, like, I'm going to use, like, a bit of a... When you watch an actor play a role and you're like, man, that just like really leans into their strengths. It's the same kind of thing. Like, yeah, they're a great actor and they're doing a great job, but also like there's a certain amount of like, it's really playing into who they are anyways. Mm -hmm. So it just feels extremely natural. It's the same type of thing. And again, like, like you mentioned, I just got, I like the first game I played with Jake was Curse of Strahd and us going through that. And we were like the old guard only surviving party members at one point in time in that. So... Jake has an approach to this shit that I've never seen, which is 100% why he's on the mountain tail. <laughs> I also think that Jake plays character. I mean, I, I think we all really do play characters that are a lot like we are as people or how we view ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really shows with Jake because I feel like Jake has a very good moral set in his mind. And the way you're able to translate that to the table for your characters is really it's admirable you you keep saying good (laughs) (laughs) i prefer gray there's there's an in-between sigorm is not a good person i don't think anybody is has he done good things yes but has he done bad things yes he's done bad things have i done both good and bad things yes i have but you have hard morals right. as characters, which I think yes. creates good roleplay moments. Yeah. Because too many people be like, would be like, yeah, I'm a lawful good paladin, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's steal from this person. You need Not- defined lines. Yes. Yes. Not good in the sense of good versus bad. Good okay. in the sense of, you know, you have a set 
of morals that you follow. They're well-defined. They're, you know, they are what they are. And they are for your character. Here's the main difference between Sigourm and a lot of other characters. Everyone else would look at a magic sword on a dead body on the ground and not even hesitate to be like, yoink. (laughs) Only Sigourm would ask. Agreed. Yeah. Or, Or at least say thank you. (laughs) <laughs> as opposed to a nice sword dead guy <laughs> how's my spit taste well and because all of the rest of us our, our, our reasoning behind it would be well he's dead he's not using it I can use it whereas Sigourm's reasoning is it doesn't matter that he's dead what matters is that we respect the dead survival was never enough Well, in all fairness old Sigourm before he came to the mountain and, and, and had his death like experience he would he might have done the same thing before that like, it was a result of his unique story that caused him to have that unique approach. Yes, he changed a bit. And that's good because deep down, like, he always wanted to be able to do that, but he could yeah. never afford to. Yeah. I, I think all the characters changed, and that, that was what I hoped for. Character growth. Yeah. <laughs> Character growth got me killed. <laughs> well, but that's, that's poetry, man. Yeah. It's tragedy. Maybe there are some characters who just should not have grown. I don't know. Like, again, there's a certain thing that finally the person who's not willing to do anything to escape and have the power to get rid of the mountain then dies. I thought it was really interesting because it's like you went from I I loved Will's character for the reason for I can't talk. I'm so sorry (laughs) Um, because of the fact that he literally went in and he already had such a like, ah, fuck this place. I want to leave. I want to go home. I want to check on my family. Like, I don't want to... I, I didn't ask to be here. I want to go home and do more drugs. You know? Like, you could tell that... You know, I, I loved that. And then the switch over to... When everything happens after the Alaska arc. The depression. That Will goes through. Because I think that that's very <laughs> accurate for characters like that. Who come in... are Like, especially you're already hardened. You're already, like struggling with so much and then it's suddenly like man i have to reconcile with all of this and i think that's very true of how addicts are in real life um and so seeing it played in that way as accurately as as it would be you know out in the real world on the table i think was great so that was always kind of my hope for will is that at some point in time because like you said the addicts will do things even if they you know regret doing them they'll do them for the sake of their addiction and everything that eventually would get you know changed throughout the story and they would have to come to terms with like the decisions they had made that you know now they were actually going to feel the guilt and have to you know deal with the repercussions of because i always feel like and you see it joked about on the internet about like you have these parties where people go through and you face horrible things horrible monsters friends die terrible injuries and stuff like that and always the joke is like psychologically all these adventures just have Mm -hmm. to be absolutely fucked yeah like to go through all this trauma and everything like that and you know maybe they don't because of all these reasons so what would be someone that hadn't dealt with the trauma for a long time and suddenly like it all came piling down i liked that process it kind of reminds me of like whenever you see those facebook posts um from recovering addicts who are like i years ago i sold my um dresser that my great-grandfather had handmade for me and i back when i was at the height of my addiction and i really regret it and i really just i would love to buy it back like i really want that back that that's what will's character reminded reminds me of like his growth reminds me of that 
I think it leads to the question that we probably should have uh, answered before now, now that I think about it, because Will was the only character that Brad spoke to me about before the podcast started. Then I know we had discussions because, you know, that's a serious topic. And we, we didn't want to be whimsical or flippant about it. That we didn't want this to be, uh, you know, something that was going to, to hurt people's feelings. Or, uh, you know, we didn't want to approach it from a standpoint of this could, uh, you know, really bother somebody. Because that's not what we wanted to do. Uh, but we didn't want to kind of explore a serious topic and a character who had something that serious going. So we had a lot of discussions about, can we do it? How do we do it? Um, and, you know, we even did uh, a little bit of an on mic discussing about what our goal was with Will uh, to make sure people knew that, hey, we're not, you know, just whimsically playing a drug addict and, and making it the, all the jokes. But then I guess I asked the question is like, how did we do? I think it was handled really well. And that I and that comes from somebody who's a child of addicts who has um, and who is family full of like addicts. Like I have seen the, these redemp- quote unquote redemption arcs. For, well, what we would call a redemption arc for your character. I, I've seen that. I don't think for a second we ever made any jokes or comments that would have been offensive. Oh, I, oh. I don't stand by that. <laughs> Necessarily. <laughs> well, we absolutely did, but I think it had more to do with Will and his decisions he was making. It, it and wasn't how they in regards him. to the actual drug addiction, it, though. It, it was is making fun my of point. Will, yeah. not addiction right and there's a difference there is addiction and and that's and that's what i mean like we weren't offensive about the addiction we definitely made fun of the character and his decisions well it's unclear through much of that what the characters knew exactly we all knew that what was going on with will Mm -hmm. uh the audience did but the characters while they may have suspicions it was a long time before they really knew so many of those those jibes and barbs that they're saying it really were based on the actions he's doing that was really dumb will why did you do that you idiot um whereas you know the the listener got to know that that's because he was dealing with salabank and his both literal and uh figurative demons uh, so you know but the, the characters didn't always know that so the we can define the intent and i i think the intentions were well placed but ultimately we don't get to decide what is or isn't offensive that is up to individual interpretation. So, if anything were offensive, it's not really where our heart was. We didn't, you know, that Very wasn't true. the goal. All I can say is there was never a moment in the post-production where we looked at something and listened to something and said, we got to roll that back. It's too far. Cool. Or it's too much. We never did that with the drug addiction. There was a few other things, uh, you know, that we kind of addressed, but had nothing to do with that, that storyline. So I, I feel like I don't want to like I mean because Jake's right we don't get to make that decision but I feel very comfortable with that I, I think we tried and did as well as we could uh, you know simply because we as we listen to it and you know there are other people who listen in post production before it goes live that are not cast members uh, aren't even gamers who kind of can give us the thumbs up at times of is this too much is that not and it never came up with any of them either the the goal was to show addiction has a cost but redemption is possible. That's the nice thing about Will's story, is actually seeing it go full circle. Mm-hmm. Even if it is just a fantasy game, it's it's nice to have a reference that just fucking worked out. Well, I liked the idea of like, yeah, he became addict, but before that, I mean, he was literally a hero of the first war of Faradun. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he was somebody who fought in that and saved people and like was at the last battle and all of that. Like, he was you know a hero for centuries before this happened and he didn't get into addiction just for fun it had to do with like him being cursed and having severe pain for decades and like just trying to exist in that 
And then after that, as it does to, you know, yeah. hundreds of thousands of Americans, like addiction happens. And then from that, it was like him trying to crawl out of that and then being put in this situation where, you know, certain addictive tendencies are then exacerbated by, hey, you're put in a terrible situation and someone's like, hey, if you'll just do X, you can have Y. Well, I think Will found redemption, but still had to pay the cost. Yeah. yeah. Just just because he you felt bad about ever. it didn't mean he didn't have to pay the piper. Yeah, you don't have the happily ever after, even though, you know, there is some redemption at the end. Which, you, I mean, you never do to, to have me, that, that happily is, ever after. That is happy ever after, though. That's dark. In, in a, in a <laughs> That's, yeah, are you good? Are you hear me out. No, hear me out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. No, it's gray. <laughs> hear it's me out. It's just all gray. That character could wholeheartedly look, look at his reflection and be squared away with it. And then he died. He, he handled business before he went. And what else can you ask of a character? In the end, he, he came full circle. He pulled all of his weight. He, did he make mistakes and do some terrible things in like his worst moments? Absolutely. And then accounted for those. He didn't excuse himself. He got to be who, like, he, who he was trying to be. And then he died. There's no room for regression there. It's it's all it's all right the way it is. So I said the the time he died, I felt like we got to get through everything. I at least like yeah. absolutely wanted to be able to experience with this character. So while yes, I would have loved to have played with him more. Like, did I feel like his story got told? Yes. Well, speaking of journeys, you know, because a campaign like this is really Brad taking you guys all along on a journey. But there is another journey that happens somewhat behind the scenes that that brings this because Brad's journey is very different than your guys. You know, I mean, I know he was working on this long before you ever started, uh, and it, you know the amount of, of work that I've, you know, saw a lot of that behind the scenes of, of the effort he was putting in. But it is a very different journey, uh, getting from the beginning and end of a campaign like this. So, what what it was that like for you, Brad? What did you learn along this journey? What did what changed? What was it like for you? So, what what the listeners will probably never hear is all the practice sessions we did. And the, the main goal of that was to try to learn the system, but mostly to try to learn each other. And I, I think in the end, uh, that paid off a lot. What everybody else will hear is 67 episodes. What they don't understand is all the time that went, like we've been doing this for two years. So that was 67 weeks of episodes, but it's been two years of everybody getting together and doing this. So, and if you, we're here for those practice sessions where everybody is just trying to figure out who the fuck they are on mic and their characters and it was some cluster fucky shit but it had heart i i never imagined that we could actually tell this story uh the way we did like i, I was like, i don't know if we're capable of it and when i said i'm not saying i don't know if they're capable of it that's not what i said i said are we capable of telling this story and you know if you go back to that first practice session nah (laughs) (laughs) but at the end i'm i'm amazed that we 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 got through it you know not not that we got through it but like that we told our story our way did it go the way i thought no but i'm okay with that i think it's a sign of a good game like you can plan for whatever you want in a good tabletop game like this but like if, it, if you can't plan for everything, if unexpected things happen, then you, we're doing something right, I feel like. Because you shouldn't be able to plan for character decisions completely. And not just because somebody decides to do something just asinine, like, 
because people are creative and, and interacting in ways and changing in ways that you just can't plan for. Well, and I think Brad did a really good job of just like, because we threw a lot at him. We, <laughs> yes. we really did kind yes. of fuck up his, his stuff a lot um, in a good way. I mean, it worked out. Way, yeah. It always worked out really well. But um, like Brad did a really good job, I think, of just taking those curveballs and running with it. I- they there were a couple times where you were like, I'm going to need a few weeks to figure this out. <laughs> well, I, I only wanted to tell you no on rules. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, because good RPG is good improv. Yes, but. Whereas sometimes like, I want to do this. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I want to take 35 actions on my turn. No, this isn't 5e. Uh, but I want my character to do this. Fuck. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do that, and then, um, <laughs> fuck, what happens? Okay, this would happen. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, if, if I wanted to write a not, a, a story where you guys weren't involved, I would have just typed it out. The process of the Mountain Tale has changed what I want from all my other gaming experiences. Some, something about... This way that we've experienced and helped shape the story. I don't ever want to put it aside. I, I want more of this. I want like the next game I play to be more like this or the evolution of it. I don't want to stop this process. It's like the, uh, the casual Friday night gaming has its place in my heart. But really, like this... I want to just say... To, like I don't I don't compliment Brad super often. <laughs> but That's <one> true. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? There was one time you were like, "No, you're the meanest person at this table," <laughs> to me. But, <laughs> was, but I, uh, was I wrong? <laughs> I think so. I think I'm nice. <laughs> but but um, the point I'm trying to make is. I don't compliment Brad very often, but I do think Brad is one of the best, probably the best GM I've ever played for. And I mean, that's not saying much because I really. Shots fired, Rich. (laughs) No, I love Rich whenever Rich DMs, but I I haven't gotten to sit down with a campaign for you. Whereas, like, Brad, like, time and time again, I mean, has shown how. I will brag on you to everybody I talk to about the podcast whenever I'm like out at the bars and I'm promoting it and talking about it um I will I will always say Brad is the best DM I have ever had and honestly it's bittersweet because having a really really good DM is like eating your favorite candy but you only have one bar right so like you can eat it but you never get to experience the first time again of like getting to eat that candy bar. You know, you never get to experience the, oh my God, this is amazing, you know? And it's like, I already know that whatever camp- other campaigns I get into, they, for me and my my mind, are gonna have to be at this like level, you know? I- I'm gonna be expecting it to be as good as this campaign was, and it just, I know it's gonna disappoint me each time. Uh, I think we've talked about this on mic before, but way back when we were just kind of in the gestation process of uh, the idea of having a podcast, you know, obviously the first person I talked to is Brad because number one, I knew there's no way I could do it without him. And number two, uh, like you were the only other person on my mind at that point who I said can do this. And I I don't mean that to disparage anybody, but 
you know, it all came from a place where we had had a lot of great gaming and it had deteriorated and got to a place where we were no longer having fun at all. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons that it got there and not all of them were somebody's fault or, or certain things like that. It can just happen. And that's what had happened. So, you know, it came out of this discussion of, well, what do we do about it? We're here. How do we fix this? And the only answer was, well, we got to change something dramatically. And it eventually led us to the idea of let's do a podcast where we have to try to, you know, put something out that's good, even if we don't know what that is or how to do it yet. We, we want to do that. But it was all come from this, this place because we wanted to have a better game. We wanted to have fun again. And we wanted the people at the table to be having fun with us. So, you know, early on we were discussing what, what is measure of success? Are we the next glass cannon? And I think the measure of success is looking around the table and seeing that the four of you are like, this was amazing. That's the measure of success. Yep. Our, we, wanted to, we wanted to give a fuck again about, because, like, this is everything for me. Like, I mean, I have a good life, but, like, what keeps the, the gun out of my mouth? What keeps me going <laughs> when it's Wednesday at 3.30 a.m. and I get out of bed and I'm like, fuck, I need to make money. Like, I think about this. This is what, like, the real happiness. I mean, I love you, Breeze. Don't get me wrong. You're not listening anyway. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, the, the thing, everybody has a thing in life. There's like, this is what I truly enjoy. This is why I stay alive. You know, and for us, we wanted our gaming to be fun again. And we wanted to have those goals. And we only wanted to game with people who had those same goals. Was like, I don't want to phone it in. I'll uh, plagiarize a little bit from Dead Poet Society. Because, you know, he gives the speech where he says, these are all noble pursuits. And, you know, we, we all have them. These are necessary to sustain life. But the marrow of life that keeps us going is not necessarily our 9 to 5 or other things. For, for Brad and I, especially at the time, it was gaming. This is the this is the thing. You know, when it's, like, say, 3.30 in the morning and you're getting up, the first thing that pops into your head isn't necessarily, i got to go to work. It's, what about if I did this with a character? Or what if a campaign was like this? Uh, you know, those are the things that occur to us. You know, this whole process was was to get there, and and here we are. So I, I you know, personally, I feel it's very successful, and I'll speak to Ashley. You know, uh, you guys give me a hard time because I, I'll sit here and say that Brad is a better GM uh, because I don't give a shit about any of that, and I don't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I don't like that. That I don't mean it in a bad way, but I mean it as in like I have no vested interest in being the best. My I, best interest is just yeah. to get better, and and Brad definitely has some skill sets that I don't have. So whoopity fucking do uh, yeah. it's no big deal because we work together and here we are so. yeah like as a gm you can't be chasing people now your goal would be like i want you to be better but like i can only tell a story my way rich can only tell a story his way and if we try to do things you know you could try to change things but if you're like i want to change the core essence of how i do things you've that's a sellout and you're not going to do it you just can't you have to do things your way you know, and Rich and I are very have approached things differently. But if Rich is like, I'm going to run something, I'll be there. <laughs> you know, like, because I, I, you don't game with systems. That's not what you remember. You don't game with stories. That's not what you, you game with people. That's what you remember. Yes. If Rich is like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to do a Smurfs RPG, I'm there. <laughs> well, Actually, that it. sounds Spoiler really alert. fine. Yeah. I think Would participate. A, <laughs> I'm I think that's smart. a good reminder for a lot of people. You'll see a lot of people being like, oh, I wish my DM was better at this. I wish my DM was better at this. And it's like, all right, well, do you put in as much effort as they do? Because I played one-shots with someone DMing who had no DM experience, hadn't prepared, 
but four of us who got along well set together the table and made it amazing. We played a little Starfinder one shot, and it was so much fun just because we sat down and there was no premise. We didn't know. We're like, what are we going to do? Let's do an easy company thing. <laughs> we come up with these characters interactions on the spot, and we end up all having a blast because of what we put into the story. So I think it's great. I've I've been extremely lucky in that basically the two main DMs for me have been Brad and then Ethan, who's also <laughs> obviously played Haytham and everything on the podcast. Like, We're spoiled, bro. And yeah, I'm I'm extremely <laughs> I know, spoiled. Honestly. So it's I, I have a hard time when people complain about DMs and all these other things being like, I've never had I've always had great experience with my DMs. The, I've had experience with people not being engaged, the, but that's never been the DMs yeah. fault. But like the best thing I can tell people is like I didn't have fun. Did you choose to? Valid point. Yeah. Like, and for me, the the best players are people who are willing to like give me a little rope to hang myself that that choose to fail in fun ways. Yes. Like, we have way more fun when shit goes wrong <laughs> than when it goes right. The fucking yeah. bag of weasels. <laughs> <laughs> and, but like, let that be your guide as a player or a DM. Let things go wrong. Don't don't be so precious of winning that you don't know how to fail, because it's way better for a hero's story to fail and then overcome. Well, and that's why I asked yes. earlier about uh, with Adam having the most character deaths, because <laughs> the, uh, most failures. the most failures. <laughs> no, um, but at the same time, like there was never a point where you weren't having fun with it. Even though I'd say Will's death, you were kind of like, hell yeah, like that. That's a great. That's a great oh, yeah. story arc and character. You weren't the least bit upset. I mean, you know, everybody's sad when a character dies to a yeah. certain degree, but you weren't flipping the table or yelling at anybody, Brad, you're a piece of shit. No, uh, that that not, is, not that is a that. great moment <laughs> that I will I never forget <laughs> in playing D&D is the day that Will died. Like, And I mean, and again, like made even better by like Jake's response to it and how he handled some of the, the role-playing aspects with the, the spirit guardian pit. Like, all you. around handled phenomenally. Like, And I, I think that's, I mean, if... So Arthur Dew showed us nothing else. Like you can do things that aren't optimal, that have high chances of failure, that don't work out, and they can still be amazing. Well, if I was like, yeah, um, Will trips, falls down some stairs, and breaks his neck. Wait, what? Like that's how my story ends. Fuck you, Brad. I'm like, yeah. all right. And then like everyone will die, and then you have this climactic fight to the death to save everyone. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can probably sell that. So like one of my <laughs> one of my favorite role play moments is we mentioned we played Curse of Strahd. I had a character that I mentioned failed multiple will saves and was taken over by Strahd. And one of the last ones, I spent like an entire day under being his thrall. And I had like a 10 minute in game <laughs> argument with Brad's character where I was, he was basically trying to like smack talk Strahd. And I was like talking and like, hey, I think he's just misunderstood. Like it went on this whole thing. And finally, Brad just like, what are you like cooking for this guy? What is your deal right now? And I would be like, remember, he took me over. And he's like, Oh, because like he had to like stop from like a player perspective. Like, what is your deal? Like, I thought we were all in agreement here. Whose team are you on? I'm role playing. Like, <laughs> there's something where I failed abysmally multiple times that changed. You know, the choices I made when I built my character thereafter. But like, I failed and I, I turned into me. What was like a really great uh, fun moment. Honestly, that's the the minute I knew Adam had arrived as a next level player. Because I, I he, he <laughs> fucked me up. <laughs> I was like, what's your fucking deal? He's like, I'm under mind control, idiot. He's like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, shit. Oh, good job. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Well done. But, like, again, like, my character failed again really bad. And, like, like, making fun and making the most out of those failures, I think that's, like, again, it's a game. We're all here to have fun. Now, that what, what that means to you might be different, but, like, failure can be fun. Choose to have fun. Mm -hmm. Choose to have fun. I have never 
had more fun than the mountain tail i've had i've got games that i will never forget i've had i guess great luck with people that i game with in that way i feel very fortunate i've got a handful of great friends same i've learned a lot i guess as a player but also trying to like get more game running experience i've learned a lot from both rich and brad How not and, and i'm very <laughs> like i'm i'm glad you guys have different approaches i'm happy you're different because that means there's more flavor at this table mm-hmm. more diversity different games it's fantastic we have i guess like a pool of great players and we're all quite different with the exception of adam and i will gravitate towards the same thing without ever talking about it. It is rather disturbing. But that's that's awesome too because we do different things with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we go to the same place, but like the, there's a different twist in it. Yeah. It's great. We have a weird level of same choice synergy. <laughs> yeah, same choices, but you guys play the choices differently, which is. I, I think when people have dated that long, though. <laughs> <laughs> in my dreams, but in my dreams. And thank you very much, Tara, for You're doing welcome. this. You're welcome. I mean, so Jake and I have played. We play. We played a lot of D and D over the years, and. Um, my role-playing experience, which has started, oh God, what, six years ago? <laughs> yeah, maybe is so, when yeah. is when Jake got me into this whole thing, Jake and his group of friends. And so, um, I, but I think this is, this is one of the first campaigns that I've played through from beginning to end. This, and then I also played the Shroud uh, campaign, but I played that with Jake actually running it. Um, and I think those are the only two campaigns I've ever played start to finish. How? So... How hard is it to finish a campaign? Like, we've all been there. Yeah. It's so hard to actually finish. Something about yeah. the last the last session one two. to three yeah. sessions, man. Starfinder, god damn it. <laughs> I, I have more campaigns I never got to finish than I do. Yeah. See, not, I can't stay in that. That's I'm, an itch. I'm not talking <laughs> like, oh, we got three sessions and I realized it's not going to work. That doesn't count. I don't give a fuck. That, that, mm-hmm. I don't remember those. Where it's like, one more session. We could finish the story with one more session. Why can't I make you guys care enough to come? <laughs> it, it's the most hurt I think I can feel. Like, I've had women leave me and I'm like, eh, well, you know. <laughs> I, I was prepared for that. I, that sucks. But, <laughs> that women sucks, will, but you get conditioned for it after a while. Listen, women will come and go, but finishing a campaign, <laughs> that's hard. Women will that's come and hard. go, but finishing is forever. <laughs> I want more sessions. I will say this, though, to tackle what Brad said about, like, I got into fantasy as a form of escapism when I was a kid, reading, you know, Lord of the Rings and, and a whole bunch of the, you know, Robert Jordan, Terry Goodkind. Terry Brooks, all the different great fantasy authors or whatever I grew up reading in the old school fantasies. And, but I don't play now because this is everything to me. Like I, I do have children that I love and adore. I don't need to escape from that. I have a happy home life, but like, I still love the genre, the fantasy, the role playing. Like this is my like adult thing I do that I would not give up for anything. All my friends are the people I play D &D with. (laughs) Like this is my social life outside of, you know, being a father and everything. And been there, done that. I, you know, gay. I say I game. I started in what eighty seven. You know, when I we started kids, I took a break for quite a few years, and not because I wanted to, but because you just have to prioritize. You know, you don't. It's something you don't have the the time for, 
and sometimes you just have to make tough decisions. So yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I I will say that I'm a terrible person that when me and my wife were talking about having our second child, my one caveat we were like, what are things like hard lines with having the second kid, and you know, openly discuss everything. So there's no like, well, I thought it was going to be different this way or anything like that. Was so I was like, my one thing is I still want to be able to play D and D. I was like, this is really my one cathartic release or like adult thing I do outside of like being a father, husband, being a part of the family, everything like that. I was like, I want to keep that. That was my like absolute instant thing. And, and Adam doesn't know, but me and his wife argue on Facebook all <laughs> oh, the time. God <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Brad. I will say as we've gotten closer to the end of this uh, this production and some things, timelines we're trying to meet, I think my wife will be happy that this is over. Take a break a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. There's there's not me being gone for an entire Sunday or, or hey, I've got to do this back to back or hey, can we sneak into in a week or Mm-hmm. Me me being able to just go and play for a few hours on a Friday night, I think my family will be appreciative of. <laughs> uh, that kind of leads to another question I had, and this is for everybody. But, uh, you know, we spoke a little about other campaigns, campaigns that aren't uh, being recorded for a podcast. And then obviously here's the first one for everybody. But uh, Brad here is uh, first time on mic. But how was that experience? Like, what changes for you when you come in, you sit down, there's a microphone in front of you, you've got the headphones on. Like, how is that a different experience uh, for you and I just how do you think about that I, I think when the spotlight's on I, I sharpen up a little because I know like oh I'm going to listen to this later because I'm going to edit it and if it's trash mm-hmm. it, I'm going to feel bad well me and Jake have talked about a couple times about like there's a certain amount of like self you put forth or effort you put forth whether it's paying attention bringing your A game when you're on mic and you know that's going to happen so there's nights where like you don't get to play as much D and d because people are being a little too kooky or or visiting with each other because you haven't seen each other and your friends or whatever. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, like the game comes first, and that's kind of great. Yeah, and I think that, like, with us being on mic and with us having, like, listeners and people who, who are actually here to hear the story, um, it adds a certain kind of um, uh, drive, I guess. Like... It's not like we can just, you know, derail for 20 minutes and nobody cares about where the story's going. It gives us a reason to stay on track. It gives us, yeah, <laughs> um, it, it gives us something that, you know, that pushes us back towards the story when with just a social group, we might not ever actually get back to it. Or we might be like, oh, this is just kind of fun to just go off and do our own thing. And then um, and then it also I think it also adds a level of respect um, we're better about not talking over each other. We're better about, you know, making sure everybody gets a word in and and letting everybody kind of explore their characters. Where in just a just a typical social setting, sometimes people get talked over or things get missed just because the opportunity wasn't there or whatever. I also think that we talk that we end up thinking a lot more logically, like in regards to not only how our characters play things, um, because there's there's the extra layer of it. Like, we want to, A, make it um, true to our characters, but we also want to make it a good story. And so we have to think about the best way to go about that, to keep it fun and light and interesting while also staying true to our characters who at least, I mean, I would say the three, of, three out of the four of us um, have very dark depressing sad characters <laughs> you know what, um what and for me what it cut down on was uh, we've all played games where someone will just go and do something absolutely fucking asinine and stupid and derail shit like 
I punched the town guard for no reason. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, we're going to deal with that. <laughs> that cuts down on a lot of this shit, like in this campaign, because it was like, if you do something stupid, there's a good chance the other three will watch yeah. <laughs> and let it happen. Let's go kill that dragon. And you know Brad will fuck you for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's more accountability, too. Like, there's accountability yeah. to stay in character mm-hmm. because if you are out of character, like, you will get called out on it. Maybe by, you know, the people you're playing with, maybe by listeners. Like, you don't know, but, like, there's always a chance somebody's going to call you out on it if you're out of character. And mm-hmm. so... The I, amount of times Brad is, like, at the table, just in general, the amount of times we've all heard, hey, don't metagame. <laughs> you know, and we've all been like, all right, whatever. You so, know, some of that's gaslighting, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> what else is a GM supposed to do but gaslight us? But in a kind way. Brad is, he's good <laughs> at getting in your head. <laughs> well, he no. was really good at getting in Nick's head. Yeah. That's for dang sure. Oh, that, oh, I, that's like the door got left open and a stray walked in. It's really not <laughs> that. That security is not that tight. <laughs> I love, thought you were going to make it. Love you, Nick. thought you were going to make a Salabanks joke. He was really good at getting in Will's head. Hey, but See, I, yeah, when I did the Will's character, I'd do it to Nick. Like, hey, Nick. <laughs> it was always so funny, too, because Nick would be like, oh, I think I want to do this. And Brad's like, are you sure? And that, that's all it would take. And then, of course, the rest of us are like, Nick, don't fucking the, listen to Brad. The, the tricks that won't work on you guys because you're more vets still work on Nick. And that's, that's yeah, why he's special. That's why he's here. I need to have fun, too. And they're having entirely too much fun to help Nick out. Nobody's yeah. like, Nick, he's messing with you. They're all just sitting there grinning. And Nick's like, why aren't you helping me? We, like, we tried the first few times. We really did. We were like, Nick, stop listening to him. Nick, I, he's I, just messing with you. I, when I can talk him out of doing the correct thing is when I'm happiest. Or any player, it's like, I'm going to do this. And in my mind, I'm like, that would be the correct thing. Are you sure? <laughs> well, and when you one. talk about, like, we were talking about, like, DMs and their strengths, is like, Rich did a phenomenal job, especially the first game. Like, your world building was amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It was absolutely yeah. amazing. That was oh, by yeah. far, Hands when I was down. listening, my funnest part was to, like, all the world building you did and interactions that in the past and historical things, whereas, Brad, like, your character interactions and NPC interactions, like, that's your strong suit. That's where you shine. I'm terrible at world building. Do do you know how many times like we were sitting there with the NPCs and we would hear something happen to one of them and we were like, excuse me, <laughs> you fucked with our girl? Don't fuck with our girl. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that's why I like working with Rich because he like w- w- the things we're good at complement each other. Like, yes, I spent a lot of time on characters, but you're like, OK, there's a bar. Well, describe the bar. I don't know. It's made of wood and there's alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Use your imagination. Fuck. <laughs> like I, yeah, I'm I, I'm not that great at it. But then I'm like, okay, there's the the barkeep. He's got a scar over his thing, and he's interesting. Go talk to him. And if I get you to talk to him, you're in. I've got you sold. But if I have to describe a building well enough for you to want to go there, I'm I'm gonna not. I'm gonna fumble <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that whenever you were like, oh, the mountain, it builds these houses for everybody. That was a cop out for you, so you didn't yeah, have to describe things. And it was beautiful. It was a brilliant cop out. Yes, it, it was. smooth. I made you build your own world. <laughs> if a DM spends an entire session and barely says a word, they've done their job right. Exactly. Like, what you, what you guys fear to encounter is far more visible and impressive than whatever I came up with. 
Well, that's because we never know what's going to happen. Like, you got your CR ratings from Rich. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a lot, All right. A lot of times I didn't either. Music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to you guys complain about Brad's dice rolls. Uh. <laughs> I feel like the kid who's, you know, the, the grandparent whose grandkids are now messing with the parents. And you're like, ah, how's it feel? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, all right, here's a guy with a bow. I'm like, I already lost. <laughs> Not to uh, backtrack too much, but I got something I want to share with you guys on the topic of like the process of gaming in this podcast format. It takes our game to another level. Everything that you guys spoke out about, it's all true. And it adds to the integrity of play. Yes. It, it does add elements of respect self-respect respect for your other players respect for the story and the, the character that you create and uh respect for the creator of the world because your character changes things about said world and that world is flexible enough to reflect it and it matters and that's cool too and, and it improves communication because if if a character is going to get this window to react or to say something that player is less likely to just you know throw whatever in there it kind of makes you want to pursue the integrity of the character and you put forth you take your shot you say the thing that the character would say like every moment is like it feels like the moment to shine and piece by piece that story gets built with like a little integrity here a little respect here a little communication here and it's just it truly feels like a next level thing and i don't want to settle for less anymore same i don't what i want out of a tabletop game now is completely changed with this experience yeah yeah, yeah. thanks a lot brad well that's where me and rich were like four years ago you should have just kept it fucking mediocre <laughs> nah, i wish it was mediocre <laughs> yeah we might have settled for that like we we were at the point where no one gave a fuck anymore, mm -hmm. and there was a couple of us who did, and we're like, we don't waste any more time. Like something's got to change. It, it was a very low spot. Yeah. And like I said, we were having these conversations to what to do about it. You know, initially it's like we don't know how do, how do you tackle this, and like I said, it oddly led to the, the podcasting bit, and I don't even know if I remember exactly how it got there, but. Uh, it very did, and it very much did, and we, we this, and, and it's partially because that's why I asked about the mics and the headphones. Because what we found right away is that did as much for keeping people focused and in the moment as the storyline. Now that's not to say the storylines don't do it too; they do very much. But there is a focus that comes into play when you do all of this, and now suddenly everybody is looking around the table. You're engaged. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, it kind of tunes the rest of the world out. Recorded accountability. Yeah, there are times I've listened to myself on something that we recorded, and I was like, oh, God, I, uh, uh, I got to do better. It's happened to all of us. The power of editing. Well, you know, like you hear the stuff that doesn't get edited, and you're like, boy, like, I'm glad this is a production, yes. because it is a better production than if we just threw the mic down and said, okay, let's record all three hours, because yeah. that is not, That'd be rough. I, I guarantee... That is not something you would want to hear. Because yeah. I didn't want to hear it. That's why we edited it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and most of us here at the table, I mean, we only know each other from sitting here mic'd up. So there is there is points where like we just want to we, we we do talk a little bit just as people because that's the only time that I talk to Ashley is 
here when we play games. <laughs> and I, so, yeah, like, occasionally there's just, like, you know, us talking as people. I, I didn't know Ashley or um, Tara before this podcast. Yeah. I, I've gotten to know them a lot better, you know? Tara who? What? <laughs> I'm kidding. The replacement? <laughs> so we called it. Get the fuck out, it's one of those things too, where like I only talk to pretty much Adam, Jake, and Tara only like on Sundays. <laughs> I, know, I, I have been over to your house for dinners, Rich. Stop. What? Not for me. Well, no, when I go for you, you, I love joy. You came over for the cool person in the house. We're, we're She's dr- beautiful and makes great moonshine. We're drastically different people yeah. off this table. Because it's like, it's not a, oh, I don't want to hang out with Ashley, but it's like, <laughs> Ashley is having the time of her life in her 20s out there getting it having fun and i'm like i'm 40 i'm old i want to be in bed by eight because i gotta be up at 3 30 in the morning and she's like i'm still doing shit at 3 30 old man I'm up like, until 6 30 a.m i'm like yo fam i am happy for you get it i'm gonna take a nap <laughs> but i think that's one of the great things about like tabletop role playing like there is no way that me and ashley would interact on a friendly demeanor we're in drastically <laughs> different stages of our life I think it's really interesting because I I'm definitely the youngest person at the table. The gray in my beard is offended. <laughs> no, but um I I am the youngest person at the table and under most normal circumstances I probably would not have met any of you. Mm-hmm. I I, I probably would have met Rich at some point and I actually I met Rich I mean, prior to the podcast. Yeah. Probably would have happened, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still an awkward conversation on my end because I, I have kids Ashley's age. So <laughs> when I met Ashley and you know, we're like and, and I'll just be honest, we were actively trying to recruit some some females because we wanted more females. Females. <laughs> 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 That's what made it awkward because, like, we weren't like we want a bunch of chicks. No, we were like we. It's it's the the same old you know representation. Yeah, we wanted more representation. We wanted uh, differing voices because we'd kind of fallen into that trap, not intentionally. Uh, so we said, well, then well, the only way to do it is to actively to actively try, which is also awkward in many ways. So then I meet Ashley kind of accidentally. We just happened to have worked at the same place at different times, and there was a reunion. She casually said something. I don't remember what it was. She said at one point in time that led me to believe that she was a gamer. And then I'm sitting there with my phone, talking to my wife, thinking, how do I word this message to this young girl? <laughs> and say, no, 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 I got you. Do you I want to be you. a third? <laughs> yeah. No, you walk up, you're just like, hey, can I record you? Uh, <laughs> uh, the best part is, so after after the reunion, um, Rich added me on Facebook, and I was like, oh my gosh, of course, yeah, he was really great to talk to. And... It was on my birthday because it was one. It was on my birthday because you were like, "Hey, happy birthday!" Also, um, I know this is going to sound really weird and crazy, but I've noticed you're really into like you've been posting about this. We kind of talked about this, and at the cave tour, I actually do a podcast and was wondering if you'd be interesting and join interested in joining. And I mean, we were talking about the practice sessions earlier. I'm really grateful. a, that you even asked me. I feel like I I've absolutely loved this experience. I I've had so much fun with it and I really I I hope to get to come back for more projects. Um I had so much fun and I I love everybody involved with this podcast. I think it's so ugh, it's so amazing and intricate and just I, I probably fun. need to thank Dave Rainey. 
Oh, I love Dave. Well, because he's somebody that everybody was, loves Dave. Well, we worked. I worked with him for many years there too, and yeah. then Dave was still there. So Dave knew me and Ashley. So I think he vouched for me a little bit that, like, no, Rich isn't just some creepy old dude. Um, I'm, I mean, I am. I'm just not just a creepy old dude. I'm much more. There's more to There's the more to Listen, it. It helps we're not recording in a basement. Yeah. I, <laughs> I trusted Dave Rainey. I still would trust Dave Rainey with my whole life. That the whole thing, my the whole, whole thing. life, because that's something you can section out. No, genuinely, like, he makes like so he small. You just a little bit. But I only trust him with my twenties. <laughs> I trust him with my whole He's bank great. account. Now it's three dollars, <laughs> but I trust yes. him with my no. whole bank account. But uh, so I'm really, I f- just the way, like I appreciate the fact that you even asked me, and even were like, no, I, I think she would be a good fit, and then getting in here and doing the practice sessions i think that even just right from the start despite the age differences we really did hit it off really well i think i think you're super fortunate i had to play the long (laughs) i had to be a janitor for like two fucking years just to get brad to become my friend and notice me and then and yeah wow brad okay well i'm like uh, so Jake and I work for the same company. <laughs> uh, his first day, he was doing my old job. And I was like, I kind of met him. I was like, here's the deal. You're not going to get trained well. No <laughs> one's going to treat you right. And you're pretty much out in the wind. But That's I've true. been where you've been. When you get jammed up, grab me. That was true. And he always helped me out. And then it was like, I don't know, like a year later, I, he mentions something about d and I was like, what the fuck are we going to be talking about this shit the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I only have one more question for everybody. No. Um, and then <laughs> I do have one, I'm not going to call it a question, but an opportunity for comment after that. So this is my final question. It's over. How do you feel? I've cried like five times. <laughs> like seriously? Yeah. No, like seriously. Like I, I mean, listen, I think that to get to experience something like I, one thing that in my 20s, if it's not obvious based on my social media that I live for, it's experiences. I love to just do things and to get be able to to say I I did something like this. Like I had and I had fun. I had a great time while doing it. This is just an experience that yeah, everybody's starting and doing podcasts now, but this isn't an experience everybody gets to have. And I feel just so fortunate, but it's it's over and it's it's kind of like when you read a really good book yes and it's it's Sick. done it's over and you're like what do i do now <laughs> yeah you know and and that's perfect like i'm sure that we'll be doing more projects and i'll i'm hoping i'll get to you know come back and be in here and and do stuff but this campaign i mean it was two years two years of my i was talking um actually to some of my friends about this at the bar I mean, because this was two years of my life, two years of my time, two different characters, a whole group of people that I've gotten close to, even if it is only on Sundays or like some random Fridays. <laughs> and that one Thursday. And that one Thursday. <laughs> it's just, it's a surreal experience. And it really just like, I feel almost lost. Like I'm not lost, but you know, you know what I mean? It's just that weird limbo of like, am I going to ever get to feel the same way as I did during this experience. Well, and that's kind of part of it for me is that like, 
I know that like, so I, I'm very fortunate that I got to come in at the tail end of this and actually get to be a part of this experience because, you know, it's not something I was here for the whole time. And I know that like this little piece of it that I've had, like, I'm never getting that experience again. It doesn't matter if, you know, we do a whole new campaign, like you're coming into it with different expectations, you're coming into it with different standards. And, and because of that, like, this is over now and it's like, that's it, it's, it's over. Like you don't get that experience back. And I'm really, I'm thankful that I got to experience it, but it is, it's kind of sad and it's kind of bittersweet and it's kind of um, like, it's a lot to take in that it's over. I mean, like, we have something to look back on and replay and get to, like, relive it from a listening standpoint, mm-hmm. but we never get to have those sessions. Yeah, that yeah. next text text from Brad doesn't come. Yeah. There is no, hey, when can we get the next ones recorded? It, it's it's not happening. Not now. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe in the future for another campaign. I know, me too, it's fine. <laughs> that made it sound like I killed myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you talked about it how many times? <laughs> What's what's it like for you, Brad? Because you bear the most responsibility, I, and now that's. Like, I will, I will miss this experience, uh, and I will miss the story. I will not miss the responsibilities. That is something I, I think like you guys can understand, and you guys can sympathize. There's only other one other motherfucker at this table that knows, and that's Rich, what it's like to to do that grunt. Because I mean, I I will not miss the editing. Now I I'm not saying I'm never gonna do another project. But like a whole ass campaign like this, I'm gonna have to forget a lot of shit to think it's a good idea. It, it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know we've, I've said it before. Uh, anytime I see somebody who's done a podcast, I don't care what it is. I don't care what the quality of it is. I don't care anything. If they have uh, recorded and released a podcast, they automatically earn my respect. Because anybody who's like, ah, it's easy. No, it's not. It is. It is if you make a yeah. year. I'm like, okay, come to the table and talk. Because like, I'm gonna do a podcast. Psh, okay, let's see you make episode ten. Right. I mean, we we have been we have been editing the night before releases. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brad and I frantically passing stuff back and forth. You know, trying to to get all this this work. And you know, and, and this isn't a job for us. This is a hobby. We all have jobs. We it, have families. Honestly, I've always it's a part time job. Mm-hmm. Is how I viewed it. Yeah. Like that's what I'm not getting paid for. But like. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, at the table doing the shit that's fun that's fun the production side where we edit and rich has to add music and stuff like that can be fun for a time but then there's times you're like man i've worked 40 50 hours this week the people are sick i got doctor's appointments i got shit going on where i gotta find five hours to edit the shit and like that that can that can hurt like we, that, the yeah. burnout can we've done the best and we do about 12 to 14 hours of work per episode that's what goes into every weekly release. Now, granted, we you know sometimes we record two or three at once, so some of that's lumped together. But still, that's the the average per episode. And there was a time we were fifteen eps ahead. I was like, life's easy. <laughs> we can we can we can take it easy for fifteen weeks. So good, and then it just flew away. <laughs> I mean, but we had a whole lot happen that yeah. oh, led did. to that. You know, like the last but, two and, years. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> we were able to like catch up I, here's it we we didn't you know? miss and that in itself speaks volumes yeah we mm-hmm. we're close to 200 right now there, there are midnight there have been midnight hours but we never missed so i have to look at the schedule because i think we'll be past 200 by the time this one actually drops um, which yeah. in itself that's hard how do you feel about the end of the ride adam 
Uh, I mean, it was amazing to be a part of. I'm happy I have this experience. It was, like I mentioned, you know, it will it will change how what I what I want out of my games going forward. But there is a certain level of fear that I that isn't available to me anymore. That I won't have that. Both for you know the fact that this production, there will be another production that people I typically play with will be a part of, and if I'm not a part of it, I'm not going to get to play with them again, or or for a while, or as much. So it's I'm 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 hoping this doesn't become you know the last great hurrah is my biggest right. fear is like this is the last great D and D game I got to it, play for it it won't um, and here's why I say that because the first one wasn't uh, you know because I, I I know Brad's a little burnt out right now and I respect that because I've been there uh, you know when the first campaign ended my burnout was pretty severe and I thought to myself I can't keep doing this forever I I just can't do this all myself. And then Brad said, I want to do a campaign. That was, the, yeah. <laughs> that was the first moment when I realized this isn't going to be the end. When I realized that I, I don't have to do it anymore, that there are other people. Now, I don't know what the next thing's going to be for Adam or anybody else. Um, but I can guarantee you it's, it's definitely not the end. It's the end of this campaign. But there are going to be other opportunities. There are going to be other campaigns. And we will, we'll, we're going to keep rolling on one way or the other. The show must go on. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got the concept for the next thing I do, but I got to step back for a while. Um, You do. And everybody does. And that's not a condemnation. That's a, I've been there and I understand you need a break. You need to recharge. And that's the kind of been the great thing. Cause if not, this probably would have ended or changed dramatically. I also need to learn the rules for the thing I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a natural period of refreshment and reflection. Mm -hmm. Much like Ashley said, with the end of a, a book, that you just so happen to fall in love with the story and like as you creep towards those last pages it it kind of builds up it's real for you you're invested but you can't not finish the book you've got to just face face the music face the end of it well I, i'm looking back at all of this and i'm like there's things i could have done better and i think there's things i could do better next time it feels resolved in both a good and bad way. Kind of like, you know, finishing a story that you're in love with. But it's over. You can think about it all you want. You can wonder what if all you want. But there's no more. I'm glad we recorded it. I'm glad it's captured in some way. Yeah. It won't be the same listening to it as, like, it is to make it. But it's something. Uh, there is a, a little bit of worry... But that, it, it doesn't rule over anything. Like, I'm, I'm not worried. We, we will game again. We will have fun. We will roll dice. <laughs> and that's, it's going to be beautiful. We shouldn't recreate this. We should do the next thing. The next way. Whatever that is. I, I could say Mountain Tail 2, tomorrow, same cast. But, like, we'll never be here as we were, as we are, in that way. You know, li- life doesn't work like that. No. Yeah. We shouldn't, we shouldn't force anything. No. No, never. I think, I'm a firm believer in what was, whatever's meant to happen to you, like, whatever, whatever happens was, it happens for a reason. And that's why I killed Adam's character so many times. <laughs> so many reasons. <laughs> there were a lot of reasons to kill Adam's characters, let's be honest. Adam, 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 Adam. target, 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 target. 
I mean, just like the people you meet and you talk to and you get to spend time with, things like that. Like it all, it's so weird, but it all circles back for some reason. Little worry, not much. Feel resolved, happy, honored. Oh, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. again, I think we've all said multiple times now, but like, what a great story, Brett. <laughs> Thanks for letting us be a part of it. It was. It, it wasn't my story. It was our story. I had a framework. But without the people to put up the walls, you know, we, we, it was our story and I think we told it our way. And if, if nothing else, that's an honest, that's the honesty I was hoping for. I'm genuinely so proud of everything we've done here. I mean, yeah, there are things we all could have done better, different ways we could have played it, different ways we could have, you know, <laughs> rolled the dice, but I'm proud of the way we played it and how honestly we played it. I think the human error in it is part of the quality of, I mean, yes. why you would even listen to this <laughs> over a play mm-hmm. or a book reading. Like, if everything was perfect and it was all perfectly written and planned out, it would be a book. If all the voice acting and everything was already pre-scripted dialogue, then that's a play you're listening to, an audio play or whatever. Yeah. You know, everybody, people fucking up and doing unexpected things and not doing the optimal thing or the right thing or... Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to write a, a story. I wanted to see what you guys would do when I fucked with you with a story. Yeah. I've never been more emotionally invested in a story or a game or a, I mean, shit. Yeah. Anything. I've never, yeah. I've never you, cried. You table. like you've almost made me cry so many times. <laughs> I, I cry, and yeah, we talked about that. But yeah, there were like some things where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna cry at the table, just because of how much emotion I've got into these scenes, you know. But like. Mm-hmm. I mean, after that TPK, like, we all were stressed. Yeah. Like, oh, we yeah. All... Coming back for the next dragon mm-hmm. fight, it wasn't that you're going to lose to an imaginary dragon. It was like... Am I going to lose another character again? Well, what? and not just that. What's it going to do to the story that we've been mm-hmm. building and the characters that we've invested in keeping mm-hmm. alive, like Sigorum, that's like, I want to see that story go to its conclusion. Like, there was legit... I stressed more about that than I don't... I mean, I, anything I've yeah. worked at for a that while. Was... <laughs> I did not want to go back to that dragon. 110%. I did not. I will tell a, a quick story on Brad about that specific incident. Because while although we would talk a lot about a lot of things, he rarely ever was like, I'm stuck. I think it was the only time that he ever came and was like, dude, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do with this. And, uh, you know, I just said, okay, well, let, let me, um, tell me what you can. Tell me what you want to tell me. And I'm going to start throwing ideas. And I threw out, I don't know, a hundred ideas. I'm just throwing everything against the wall to see what might, might help. And interestingly enough, Brad didn't use a single fucking thing that I threw out. <laughs> and, and that's okay. Because I know at some point in that process, yeah. he, he got to what it was that was the right thing. And not because I came to it, but just because... All of those ideas helped him get unstuck and back into that mind frame of working the problem. So that, in you know, I've, I've been there before. Sometimes, sometimes it's the best thing you do. Here's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, would this work? Would that work? Would this work? You know, somewhere in that process, his brain started putting the pieces into place together again, and boom, it worked out great. Well, I, it fucked me up because that whole episode was like, "And Magnus the Red is a dragon." Ha ha! I'm so smart. Then they kill it. We move on. Episode. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> And then it went all to shit. And I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. There were other times I was ready where like, mm-hmm. okay, this fight won't go their way, but I, I have an idea. I was like, and they'll kill the dragon. Yay. <laughs> and they're like, and everyone died. No, hold on. Hold on. 
Let me read that again. That's not. <laughs> that's trying. no. You guys did it wrong. <laughs> I I knew before I even got to my character's first turn that it was like he's not making out of this fight alive. <laughs> now now I'm just gonna play. What can I do for my party from here on out? Because. God, y'all rolled so bad. Ooh. Well, and I know huh. that, and well, I'm the only. I actually didn't roll that bad. I think I had like what five nat twenties that game. <coughs> Weird that you're the one yeah. who lived. You were yeah. the yeah, you yeah. were the only one. This yeah. game is so easy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, guys, what's going on? I no. remember critically failing <clears throat> a couple vital saves. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I remember the after, like, because at that point we didn't know whether Sigorum had made his saving throws or not. So of course, Jake and. Um, Brad are texting and Ad, uh, not Adam, um, and and then uh, Brad and I are texting too about like what do we do here? What do we do here? And we were bouncing like I think we were all three bouncing ideas off of each other too, and that really just. Well, I was texting all of you separately. Yeah, yeah. Because you know most of you lost a character, and <laughs> Ashley was like, I lived, but why? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I should not be the person who's alive right now. This is the worst thing that could have happened. I was so thrilled that you had like undeniable fantasy survival survivor guilt, and it was like affecting you as a person. Well, and it was so fun. And the crisis of all of a sudden, she's like, now I'm responsible. Why am I responsible? I don't want it. It made me feel good that I wasn't the only one stressed out about that. <laughs> like, because I, I was like, oh, well, this has ruined everyone's life. That helps me feel a little better. As opposed to everyone's like, ha ha, we died. Fuck you, Brad. Deal with it. I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> I I mentioned earlier that after we had all talked about it, like, what did you expect to happen? What were you kind of thinking was going to happen? And Brad, I still think it's so funny. I will never forget the look on your face when you looked over at, at us and we're like, well, I sure as fuck didn't expect for there to be one survivor and all, and you to get all four shards yeah. out of there. Yeah. No, that that. So you like you you uh, failed successfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Really. yeah. Yes. That 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 became the mission. Well, and I, I had to rewrite a lot of shit because now I have this character who just killed a bunch of you that I know you're going to want to get rid of and kill somehow. So I'm like, shit, Envy's around, um, but they have what they, they have the shards. <laughs> so like the bad guy has to be proactive as opposed to, oh, I killed all of them and I have the shards. Ha <laughs> ha, fuck you, come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so like the Alaska fight changed the tone of everything. But, like, the dragon fight fucked me over more. <laughs> Which we knew the Alaska fight was going to change the tone, especially at the moment that the party split. Yeah, I, I like there, there's it, a lot of times I called what you guys did, but the times I didn't changed everything. And, and that is why it, I didn't want to write a book. I wanted to write a campaign for you guys to play because that moment is way better. My mother told me someday I would buy galley with good oars, sail to distant shores. My mother told me someday I would buy galley with good oars, sail to distant shores, stand up on the prow, noble bark I steer. Steady course to the haven You many foemen You many foemen 
just like to tell the audience thank you. Um, thank you for letting me struggle through this podcast and <laughs> letting me um, have this experience and, and kind of learn more about myself as a player because uh, if it weren't for you guys, there wouldn't be a podcast. Like this is This is why I'm here. Thank you for giving us all an excuse to get together and play this game and have it recorded <laughs> for our own recollection later. It's much appreciated. I just really do yeah, uh, want to say thank you. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for spending your time with us. And even if we're just in the background, I know that I personally have a very annoying voice and um, hearing me consistently fuck up my spells was a moment. Um, <laughs> So thank you for bearing with us all the way to the end. I mean, we're really, I know I'm really proud of this project and I'm, it always just, it makes me happy to know that you enjoyed it so much. I will definitely be grateful. I know we've got some listeners. I'm not very active on the discord, but I know you guys, have, you have some friends, some, some of which I've game with and that I've met that listen, that like our stuff. And that's cool. But for me, I, if I'm being honest, I don't, I don't need that. That's not why. That's not the thing that makes me grateful. It's you guys. Stop going to make me fucking cry. <laughs> well, that'll make me cry. <laughs> we can't do That's that. how we end it. Everybody's just crying <laughs> just on Mike. Sobbing. I loved it. <laughs> She's going to have to leave. <laughs> I might. Was that it? <laughs> Thanks okay. for having me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's the whole podcast is like I know like Jake is gathering his chi to say something meaningful <laughs> and then sometimes it's like I'm done I'm like okay and we're all just staring at him Brad like, I finished <laughs> it helps a lot when you say that <laughs> uh, I'm going off rail fuck hell uh, Rich thank you um, again like uh, we could not do this without you um, from many perspectives um, but you know no one understands how much Rich has done behind the scenes for this. So thank you. Tara, we, halfway through this story, we took a big hit um, losing Nick. And like, literally the perfect person showed up to save us. So thank you. Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam and Jake, I, I consider you guys brothers. Um, how many hours after games that we have just spent bullshitting, talking, strategizing, like I couldn't have done this without you two. Like literally I said, I want to do this project. I know exactly two people and, um, I'll figure the rest out because I know if I got you two, Ashley, I love you. Um, I didn't know you, but I know one thing about you and that you remain undefeated no matter what. <laughs> The four of you and Nick, I love you too, man. Like, shout so, out to Nick so much. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna get together with Nick. We're gonna record some shit. But like, what Nick has overcome personally, and when he came back, it meant so much. And I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna step in, Brad, and say a, a little bit about Nick right there because when Nick did come back, uh, there is no reason for him to have done so. And I mean that being aware of what his um, unfortunate personal struggles have been lately. And we, we, neither one of us could uh, ask him, even though Nick's a friend, we talked to him, we were like, we have no right to ask him to do this. This is what he has going on. This is dumb to even try. You know, he was able to, to, to make it work because I think he needed it a little bit too. Yeah. 
Um, you know, his struggles have really been, uh, he's, he's born it well as, you know, somebody who's also been a, a parent and somebody who's also, uh, you know, struggled sometimes. Uh, all I can say is like, Nick, man, you're my hero. You know, that's, that's the thing to, you know, the fact that he even wanted to, after all that, when he has so many more important priorities, I was so happy. Cause like I kept telling like he was able to come back and I knew that and Rich knew that, but I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody else. And like the day he was here to record, I, I was, oh, he's going to hang out for a minute. And like he pulled out his character sheet. Everybody's faces was like, like, <laughs> like are you serious? You here? I just, I thank all of you who were involved in helping me do this. Um, this, I could have done this by myself. This was fantastic. Um, I don't, I don't have any experience in my life like this. Um, and uh, if you are listening, thank you. Guys like Jeff and Matt um, and uh, Jeremiah, Joshua, who let me play you as characters um, to murder a small man. <laughs> uh, like I, I, it, I would have done this with no one listening, but I, the fact that a couple people listened and and could feel what we did, like I, you know, that this was a mountain tale that a lot of people got to to be a part of in one way or another. Um, and I, I loved it. I'm glad I don't have to do a whole lot more editing. <laughs> um, I got like two more episodes to edit, but what what an experience. You just, you, you don't know. You don't know until you get to the end. And that's a wrap.